and welcome to the Autumn Ridge Women's Podcast, where we explore God's Word, not simply to learn more about the Bible, but to consider how to apply its wisdom. I'm your host, Svea Mary, and each week I'm joined by talented women from our congregation. We invite you to imagine yourself sitting here with us, enjoying a great discussion as friends about God and how His Word helps us take our next steps to become the women God intends for us to be. I cannot believe that we've arrived at our final episode in this series on Ephesians, and indeed our final episode of the Women's Podcast for this time being. Thank you all for listening, and most of all, we thank God for what He has taught all of us through His Word as we've walked through several books of the Bible over these past couple of years. What an amazing gift this ministry has been to me, and uh, and it's been an incredible to hear many of you listening talk about what you have learned through these conversations. Conversations. And I am delighted that joining me for this final conversation this morning is Kate Robinson. Welcome, Kate. Thanks, Faye. It's great to be here once again. Yeah, I'm delighted that you're back. I've enjoyed talking about Ephesians with you. I enjoyed our, our discussion about prayer and Ephesians 3. And now we're about to finish out this book with some rather familiar material, uh, specifically covering the armor of God. And uh, it's, it's material that, especially for those of us who grew up in the church and attended Sunday school, it's probably something that we can look back on coloring out little pieces of Roman soldier armor and coloring it and cutting and pasting it onto a picture. Or, uh, you know, at least like at my children's school, one of the class projects is they have to make the armor. And I think I still have a milk jug soldier's <laughs> helmet somewhere in one of our oh, closets. Yeah. And then there's always the song. How many songs can everyone remember? And you probably got one going through your head now as we say, put on the armor of God. And it's such a familiar, well-known passage that we grew up on. If we grew up in the church, mm-hmm. we've done this many times. It's up there with Noah and the ark and the Joseph and his amazing technicolor coat and the Genesis creation. It's one of those where it goes around over and over again and we think we know it so well and you kind of, the passage comes up, you're like, oh, I know this one. (laughs) But if it's anything like me this week, as I've been preparing for this, it's not quite how I remember it when I go back and look at it, especially in the context of Ephesians as a full book. Yeah, I agree. Now, first of all, I'm just trying to think of what songs you have in your head. If you'd like to just stop right now and sing some Armor of God songs for us, we can... <laughs> <laughs> I only know one, and it's only a little bit of it. It goes, put on the sword of the spirit, na 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 and that's all you're getting. <laughs> all right, well, that was more than I expected you'd give. <laughs> but but I agree with your point. I, I think it, the downside to studying a very familiar passage is that we might think we know what it says, mm-hmm. but I've had that same experience, and as studying uh, both primarily in the scriptures, but also pulling in some of the commentaries, I've been delighted at the things that the Spirit has brought Mm -hmm. to my mind and heart in this study to see that it's not just a Sunday school lesson. There are some powerful things here for us to see and some things that I haven't really necessarily noticed before. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to Absolutely. talk through this with you. And uh, and I would say that right away in verse 10 was one of the most key things for me this week. So why don't we read verses 10 through 12 and, uh, and talk through this first little section here. Do you want to read 10 through sure. 12 for us? Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. 
Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Thank you. Wow. Yeah, wow is right. Verse 10, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. This has been my favorite thing about this whole passage. And as I was reading this and trying to get a sense of what does it mean to be strong in the Lord, I was really impacted to discover that this this verse in Greek is written in the passive mm-hmm. voice. And what, what struck me about that is that so often we're just told, you know, you've got to be strong, muster up that strength, you can do it. Um, and we put all of the pressure on ourselves to be strong. But this idea that it's not about that, it's that we are to be strengthened by God. It's, it's God's power here. It's God's strength that is coming around us to enable us to do what the rest of this passage is talking about. That's just very liberating, very freeing. Um, it, yeah, it's, we quite often think of it as being a quick fix instruction, don't we? It's like, I've got to stand in the strength. I've got to find God's power. But I was reminded of going all the way back to the beginning of Ephesians, Ephesians 1.19, where Paul prayed that the reader would know God's power. Mm. And that's what we've been looking at, haven't we, of knowing God's power. And now, today, in this passage, he's urging us to use this power. And mm-hmm. it's... Is to be strong in the Lord means to know his strength, to know his power and to draw close to him and allow us to f- be surrounded by his power, which is, I guess, what we're going to see as we expound this a bit more. Absolutely. I, I love that you brought that back to right away in, in Ephesians 1. Um, I'd like to even just read that. Ephesians 1 verses 18 and 19. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power mm-hmm. for us who believe that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. I mean, that's that's amazing that's power. power. That's power. <laughs> yeah. And that's what Paul told us. He was praying for us right away in the very beginning. So now mm-hmm. as we're coming to the end of the letter, we're just told, be strengthened in that same power. Yeah. It's- not just be strong, not just have the power, but be strong in. It's remembering that in, isn't it? In the Lord and in his mighty power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the, another thing that that really struck me as we're about to talk through these different parts of the armor of God is that all of them are an aspect of the spiritual blessings that Paul had said are mm-hmm. ours right mm-hmm. back from chapter one again. Um, in many ways, chapter one and chapter six are perfect bookends, uh, really kind of closing the loop on many of these ideas, how right away in chapter one, when when Paul had talked about all of the different the spiritual blessings that the Father has given us in the heavenly places, now we're about to see that there are struggles in these heavenly places, but these spiritual blessings that God has given mm-hmm. us are there to protect us and keep us safe as we go through these different struggles. Switching gears just a little bit before we start getting into the nuts and bolts of this, I think it's helpful for us to remember the context that this passage is in. Um, last week, Heather and I talked about uh, the the 
more typical or the commonly known marriage section of this letter. And it's so easy for people to take Ephesians 5 and Paul's words to wives and husbands and lift it out of context and treat it like it's a marriage manual. But remembering that Paul is writing all of these things in the context of unity in the body of Christ, that we are all called to be a, a united body of believers who have been given Christ's peace so that we can live in peace with one another. Uh, and marriage is a great picture of two very different people coming together to live in unity, and that being a picture of Christ in the church. And so now as we talk about the armor of God, I think it's similarly important that we don't just lift this out of its context either and treat it like it's some kind of a, a battle cry for the Which Christian soldier. Many times, especially as children, going back to what we're saying, that's what we were told. You wake up in the morning and you put on the armor of God before you go to school, mm-hmm. or you put on the armor to protect yourself before. But it isn't. It's it is. It's the church. The church must be united, and we must put our defenses up, mm-hmm. so that inevitably, when we encounter evil or the the flaming arrows, as we'll see later on, come towards us, they're going to fall off. We are prepared. We're ready. We're supporting one another. Um, And it's, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's about unity. It's about the church, not about me. Yeah, absolutely. What we're about to see in the the language when Paul's talking about this armor of God, it's actually language that's given in the plural. It's not singular in the, in the original Greek language. It's not meant for just like, okay, Kate, here's your instruction mm-hmm. this morning. You have to do this yourself as an individual, but rather this is something that we're called to as a church, mm-hmm. as, as both the local church here, but as the greater church, the whole body of believers, uh, because the point is we are supposed to be people that are living in unity with each other, in peace united in in Christ because of what God has done for us. So why don't we start to look at that? Let's see this armor that uh, that we have that God has given us because of his spiritual blessings. Do you want to read verses 13 through 17 for us? Love to. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Mm, thank you. I couldn't help but but notice, even as you were reading it, something about the way you said stand just brought out the word stand to me. Do you notice how many times Paul is saying to stand, stand your ground after you've done everything, stand, stand firm. Um, and that stand firm is is even repeated in this passage a couple of times. And, uh, and you started alluding to it right before we read this passage, but this idea that this is defensive material. Mm-hmm. And I, I think so many times when this passage is taught, we're given this image of like, you need to dress yourself in this battle armor so you can go out and attack everything that comes your way. But rather, this really is much more about a posture of defensiveness, isn't it? It is. And we can all imagine the Roman soldier there with his big helmet on and this, the um, the shield would have come almost floor to ground. Mm. And it is a massive shield. But if we took a look at it in the context of unity within the church as well, our defences, there's row upon row upon row upon row mm. of us with the armor, you could look at it that way, or that the church is surrounded by the armor. Mm-hmm. And we're in this together and it's defensive. Yeah, there's there's no place there for attacking, is it? It's 
being ready mm-hmm. with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Mm-hmm. It's that idea of peace. It's not, and it's being prepared and standing firm. I like to think of it because often you think of it as going into war, isn't it? As a soldier's going into war, which is what a soldier does. But the higher idea of standing firm is more like wrestling. Mm. I've never done wrestling, but <laughs> I've seen it. And the whole idea is to stand. You don't want to be on the ground. Mm. You don't want to be taken down. And mm. it's that idea of standing firm. So you're the you are standing there. You are sturdy. Your feet are planted on the ground. And no matter what comes its way, in it's not going to be moved. Mm-hmm. You can't shake it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and uh, not only some a uh, soldier that can't be moved when they're standing firm, but. The battle is the Lord's mm-hmm. ultimately, isn't it? The, the the phrase stand firm was one that I wanted to do a little bit more study on. And, and as I was looking at that, I came across the verse in Exodus in the scene where Moses and the people are about ready to cross the Red Sea. It's this amazing passage in scripture. Uh, but the same phrase stand firm features prominently in that. This is Exodus 14, verses 13 and 14. Uh, Moses answered the people. He said, Do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians will see you today. You will never see again, but the Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. And I I think that's a powerful picture as we look at what it looks like to stand in the armor of God. We can Mm -hmm. stand there with this armor on. We're protected. Mm -hmm. We're safe. God has given us these things to keep us safe from any attacks that are coming our way. The Lord is fighting for us. Mm -hmm. We're, We're protected as we stand there. It also brings to mind this whole idea of stand and firm. It's being still, isn't it? We're just standing with our feet firmly on the ground. It takes me back to Psalm 46, be still and know mm. that I am God. Mm-hmm. And it's in the knowing that we are God, because all these are attributes of God, aren't they? Righteousness, peace, mm-hmm. um, the truth, the gospel. That's God, that's God. Mm-hmm. And just knowing him will help us to stand and just being at peace and still knowing that the defenses that he's given us in his power are going to hold us. Yeah. I like that you bring out that these are the attributes, these these characteristics of God. I think sometimes when this passage is taught, that gets a little bit lost. Um, I've even heard it sometimes said that, that maybe Paul came up with this because he we know he was in prison when he was writing this letter and maybe he was inspired by the Roman mm-hmm. soldiers that were his guards and you know and he's you know got this great idea for an, an analogy that he could use but i think that's foolishness because this concept of this armor that that describes God is actually an Old Testament context. Mm-hmm. Back in, in Isaiah, there are direct verses, like for example, Isaiah eleven five says, righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. Or 52, 7 says, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, just like these shoes of peace that we're seeing in Ephesians. Or one more in Isaiah fifty nine seventeen, it says, he put on righteousness as his breastplate and the helmet of salvation on his head. So this this is not new material for Paul. This is material he would have known as quite the scholar uh, from the book of Isaiah. And what's really cool to me in that is that when these this armor concept is described in Isaiah, it's referring to the Lord himself, that the Lord is armed with these things. 
And so now in this context for us and for what Paul was writing about in Ephesians, he tells us in Ephesians 5, 1, that we're supposed to be imitators of God. And so if God has so clothed himself with these things, with righteousness, with peace, with um, with with these different aspects of the armor, this is a way that we are imitating God. We're taking on these characteristics that God himself has given us. And some of them we probably follow easier than others. Mm. Thinking of the church and peace particularly. Mm. Um, the idea that we're, we're called to peace, but it's peace within the midst of struggle. That although we know that there's going to be hard times, it's finding that peace and through the defense that we have of finding that peace. And it's not, this whole passage isn't a call to violence. Mm. It's a call to stand in still. And we're a people of peace as Christians, as followers of Jesus. And the church, the church hasn't always got that right. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've got history to tell us that. And we don't always get it right now. But if we were to be a take the defense more than um, always attacking Mm -hmm. or fighting and go, whatever's going to be thrown our way, Mm -hmm. we've got a chance to make this right. When when opposition comes, do we fight or do we defend? Mm. And do we defend the gospel or are we going to fight for the gospel? Are we going to fight for the Lord or are we going to defend the Lord? Those are two very different words. The gospel, we're to defend the gospel, aren't we? Um, The gospel of peace. In, in this sense, is a defense rather than a we are going to fight for the gospel. And well, there's there's probably a, a place for both. There's times when we certainly want to advance mm-hmm. the gospel and the, and the the message of it. But uh, but I do like what you're bringing out in the sense that if the battle is the Lord's, if the strength is the Lord, if the power is the Lord's, that allows us to be at peace mm-hmm. in the midst of mm-hmm. of struggle of strife that kind of played out for me this week I, I had a situation I'm not going to get into the the details of it but it was a situation that I felt a lot of turmoil about um, kind of a mix of an interpersonal conflict as well as just some of my own feelings of, of inadequacy and, and not sure if I was approaching something in the right way and and I was trying to think well how do I apply this passage to this situation you know what does it look like to clothe oneself to put on the full armor of God in this and uh, and and I think sometimes when we approach this passage we get so focused on the the items of mm-hmm. helmets and breastplates and belts and shoes that we miss that that's not the important part we mm-hmm. put the emphasis in the wrong place the important part is these characteristics of God, truth, of righteousness, of peace, of faith, and, and certainly the power of scripture. And and so as I was trying to apply this to my own situation, I thought, I just need to sit and pray through this. You know, starting off with truth. Okay, God, what is true in this situation? What is what is the truth that I need to be reminded of? What are the lies that are creeping into my head right now that I need to eradicate. And then moving on to righteousness, you know, concentrating on the incredible gift of righteousness that God has given us by his grace. And we've certainly seen that over and over in this book. Because of that, we're not having to earn our own righteousness. We're already seen as righteous mm-hmm. in God's eyes. And 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 just that helped to kind of 
give me that sense of peace and and focusing on God's peace. He does, like you said, He calls us to peace. Christ is our peace, and He is He has called us to peace. And continuing to just pray through this. Okay, God, faith. So how do I have faith in this situation? What is this doing to strengthen my faith? Um, and then continuing to go on with the helmet of salvation, because I'm saved, I know that in the end, <laughs> this all has a happy ending. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even just the perspective of salvation um, brought some clarity. And and finally, that sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. How fortunate are we that we have thousands of pages of scripture to inform us, to guide Mm -hmm. us, to counsel us. And it is that spirit that brings scripture to mind, isn't it? So often, um, you know, when you're, you're praying and, and need something, it's, it's that verse that comes to mind that you realize, huh, the spirit just gave me that right now. It's what I needed for this situation. And it just makes, takes your prayer life to another level when we're using scripture for prayer and as we've gone through Ephesians, there's some amazing prayers in there mm-hmm. that we can just use as examples and the whole idea of praying for others and using scripture and just using, like, as you said, this passage in a totally different way, making it, sending it out further than it just being, okay, I need to pray this on myself. I need to pay this. I need mm-hmm. to, I need to have that in place Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't think it's any accident that Paul flows directly next into prayer Um, I'm going to read this one verses 18 through 20 and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. I I love that that's Paul's prayer. (laughs) (laughs) He brings out the emphasis of pray on all occasions. We should pray at all times. Mm Mm-hmm. And that idea of it's not necessarily just once a day. It's not just always just our quiet time. It's in all situations we need to be praying. And we've looked at this. It's come up different times in Ephesians as we've done it. But pray for me and that whenever I speak, words may be given me. But also pray for others and just expand it, isn't it? We're to pray for one another. We pray for ourselves. We're to pray for God's creation, everything he's created. We can pray for God's world and for God's people. Mm-hmm. We can't, there's, not, we, there's not time to run out of a list of things to pray for. <laughs> We've got the whole of scripture that we can be praying as well. And all day we could be praying. <laughs> well, and isn't that kind of, of constant prayer a great way for us to be alert? Mm-hmm. To when we start to see those kinds of attacks coming that would potentially disrupt the unity that we're called to with other people, that uh, that if we're praying through that, we're far more likely to process it mm-hmm. in a healthy way than if we have that distance from God, if we're just kind of doing life on our own and, and working in our own power. Uh, at least I'll speak for myself. That's when I'm far more likely to get tripped up in certain <laughs> situations. But rather when, when we do bring God into all aspects of our life, whether it's in formal prayer or or even just that sense of like, okay, God, I'm about to go into this situation. Help me out here. You know, then we're so much more able to be alert in, in all of these different situations. This is, yeah, this is how we put on the armor of God, isn't it? It's through the prayer and through the scripture. 
And that's all we need. He's given us everything that we need to be to get to know God more so that we understand his power more, so that we can live under his power. And we can stand firm mm-hmm. when we know his scripture and who he is and understand him more through that communication. It's, it always comes down to communication. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> well, and what an incredible application for Paul to be asking for them to be praying for him that mm-hmm. he may be fearless. Mm-hmm. Now, if you think about him wanting to continue to do the very thing that he's in prison for, to be spreading news of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, knowing that he could be imprisoned for that again if he keeps doing it. But rather, he's asking, you know, pray that I just keep doing this fearlessly. And, you know, trying to think of what is it that makes someone fearless? Well, he has that confidence in how he is protected Mm -hmm. by God. He's got this armor of God, so to speak, all of these spiritual blessings that God has given him. He knows the truth. He's got God's righteousness. He has faith. He knows he's been saved. All of these things. That's what empowers us to be Mm -hmm. fearless, isn't Mm -hmm. it? Yeah, and the fact that he's asking the church, the other believers, to be praying for him, to help him in this defense. That's where the whole unity comes again, isn't it? We're back to... Is the church. We are in this together, supporting one another and defending, mm-hmm. surrounded by that defense. Mm-hmm. So that when somebody is need ask calls for prayer, we're there. We're yeah. there to pray for them, to pray with them and pray them through whatever yeah. they're facing so that they can be fearless yeah. as they do the work of the Lord and stand in his power. Some of the most powerful experiences I've had with prayer have been at the darkest times of my life, in times where I felt like I didn't even know how to pray anymore, just like specific words couldn't come. And and when Paul starts off talking here about pray in the spirit, mm-hmm. that what that brought to mind right away is in Romans 8 in verses 26 and 27, he talks about the beauty of praying and the role of the spirit in our prayers. Um, verse 26 says, in the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And what a comfort that is to know that, yeah, we want to pray all the time, but even in those times when we don't know what to pray for, how to pray that we've got the spirit who is interceding for us with moans and groans we don't have to use the words yeah it is and it god takes up what we do have and the spirit intercedes for us and it's it's our, what's in our hearts sometimes we don't have to actually utter it do we it's just he knows and he takes it to god for us yeah well and you also brought out the beauty of of the body of believers also praying for us too. And and that's been a beautiful thing for me at times too. And again, not sure how to approach a certain situation to just know I can call on any number of other wonderful friends and and spiritual brothers and sisters and ask them, would you just pray for me about Mm -hmm. this? It's such a comfort. and, And I love that that's how God designed that for us. And speaking of spiritual friends and dear brothers and, and sisters, that's how Paul ends this this letter, isn't it? Uh, in this final s- section, we see him uh, sending his dear friend Tychicus. Do you want to finish out these last verses, 21 through 24, for us? Tychicus, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that you may know who, how we are and that he may encourage you. 
Peace to the brothers and sisters and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. It's a beautiful ending, isn't it? It is. Love those words. Uh, Tychicus. So Tychicus is this close friend of Paul's. He was a valued helper to him. Uh, And if you see where he's mentioned elsewhere in scripture, he actually comes up in quite a few of Paul's letters. We can find out from the book of Acts and kind of obliquely from 2 Corinthians that Tychicus was involved in collecting money that had been raised by some of the churches specifically uh, in Corinth and brought to uh, to serve the Jewish Christians who were in struggle in Jerusalem. So he was obviously a very trusted person if he was going to serve as a delegate to deliver um, this special offering. But he was also entrusted with these letters. He's the person who carried this letter to the church in Ephesus. He also brought with him the letter that that went to Colossae, the letter that we know as Colossians. Um, So he's a very trusted person. But I like the idea that it wasn't just that he's being used as a mail courier here. No, it's I was looking into the uh, the mail system <laughs> of the time. So they had a courier service system during this time, which was um, for official documents. But if you were a private, private letters would have been um, sent via messenger. Anyone around who was going to the location you wanted it to go to would have been given... Um, the letter to take. So the fact that Tychicus is known, he's able to go and it would have been expected that he could give additional information other than what was written and an expl- explain the details of. So they, it's it's almost, he is an extension mm-hmm. of the letter that mm-hmm. is being sent. Um, so you can just imagine when they're getting there, they, he'd be able to say how Paul was doing in in jail. How how was his faith? Well, we could know that from this letter. But he could answer the questions if they had questions about any part of the letter that was coming. Mm-hmm. He would have been able to give more of an explanation because he was living this with Paul. And it's, yeah, he was very valued yeah. <laughs> to be able to send these letters to, to, um, to the three places we've mentioned. Well, a letter that's so much about identity in Christ mm-hmm. and unity as the body of believers. It's just kind of beautiful to see this trusted brother as one who, who then got to be the person to bring this all to life for these people. Finally, I just, I love the closing verses here, verses 23 and 24. If you notice in the very beginning of Ephesians and in many of Paul's letters, he often begins the letter with this common greeting of grace and peace. And now here he just mirror bookends it with peace to all the brothers and sisters and grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. It's so beautiful. And, uh, And in this letter that's talked so much about the, the attributes of God and what God has done for us and then how we live in response to that. This ending focus on peace and love and faith and grace is just a beautiful, beautiful thing. And it also reminds us that it isn't written for one person. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus. Mm. Peace to the brothers and sisters, this idea of we can read this today. Mm the whole of Ephesians as we've been doing and it applies to us today absolutely at the time if this this was likely to have been a letter that was sent and read by many so the idea of whoever picked it up and read it it was written to them and this peace and grace is to all who Mm. believe and to love the Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) it doesn't 
God's love doesn't grow cold. Yeah, yeah. What a blessing that is. Let, let's just uh, bow in prayer now and thank God for these blessings. Dear Heavenly Father, how incredible it is that you have loved us, that you chose us from the very beginning, that uh, you have called us to yourself, that you have given us the amazing gift of salvation through your son, Jesus Christ, and that you've guaranteed that through your spirit. And Lord, we do want to be people that, uh, that love you back because you first loved us. We thank you for your grace. We thank you that you've called us to peace. We thank you that you have given us faith that we need, that you strengthen our faith. And Lord, we do ask that you would help us to, to arm ourselves with these spiritual blessings that you've given us. Help us in situations to not try to be strong in our own power, but rather to be strong in your power. And, uh, and that as we just embrace what you have already done for us, that we know we can trust you in all the situations that we face. We thank you so much for your grace, for your faith, for your peace, and for your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Autumn Ridge Women's Podcast, a production of Autumn Ridge Church. We appreciate the technical assistance provided by Josiah Novinger, Ian Benoit, Robert Nash, and others from our wonderful staff. We'd love to hear your comments or questions on this or any other episode, and you could reach us at women at autumnridgechurch.org.